Hi, everybody. This is Mel. This is Jill. And this is Stevie. And this is Mel and Jill and Stevie Geek Out. Everybody, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yeah. you? Uh, for for those listening, it's been exactly three point five seconds uh, since we finished part one. But now we're gonna go ahead and report part two because we have Stevie here with us still. Hey, Stevie. Hey. Well, since you admitted that, I'm still salty about my my F one team, and I have a feeling next week's not going to be any better. So you know. I finally did pretty well today. I know. So. <laughs> Editing Melissa will come in if Stevie and Jill do better, and I'll add that in for you. Okay. <laughs> well, I did great today, so I'm feeling good. Jill did sure. Jill, it's no, it was, it was all red. If Jill turns the tide of of not being bad, editing Melissa will pop in and say something. Hi, everybody. Editing Melissa here. So we did talk about the results of the. Uh, attempt of the F1 tanking of buying Max Verstappen, but it's over in the beginning of our Sister Wives episode from this week for episode six of season 18. Just go check it out there. You know what was a highlight of today, though? Carlos Sainz. He always is. Listen, I have fallen in love with that man this season. He is my own personal Prince Eric. He looks just like the cartoon Prince Eric from Ariel. He really does. He's gorgeous. And the accent. Oh, oh yeah. He doesn't have blue eyes, though. I don't care. It's the chiseled features and the hair. It's the hair. Oh, the hair. Like that man takes that helmet off. You would think it would just be glued to his head. No, it's just like. No, it's luxurious. Full and body and just. Oh, just want to take a bite. No? It was nice to see him on the podium today. That, that too. It was nice to see him on the podium. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, he's not hard on the eyes by any means, but, like, he's, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then who do, who would you You should pick? see him when he's covered in champagne. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I go based off of my, like, real-life dating history, it would be Lewis Hamilton. Because, like, he a little bit looks like John. Well, okay. he is a very sexy man. Very sexy man. Like, even at 40-some years old. Yeah, hello. he's pretty he attractive. I, I, maybe he's a vampire. Ooh. He, it, okay, I'm going to say something that sounds mildly controversial. I don't mean it that way. But Black Don't Crack, man. He's got probably a really good skincare routine. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason it's said. I was going to say, when I didn't, I didn't know he was that old. And when I found out, I was like, no way. I thought he was late 20s. He he looks amazing for his age. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Lessons to Caucasian people. Moisturize. I, I decided to do that way too late in life. I should have listened to my mom when I was a teenager, but... You know, I guess it's not too late to start. Uh, well, I have been slathering it on since I turned 30. I so. feel like I don't have to here in Florida with the humidity. No. So I feel like I'm just oiled up anyways. Yep. <laughs> this is true. No, no. Moist- moisturize. Moisturize for, but for oily skin. Moisturize. Moisturize. I should know this. I'm, I went to beauty school. <laughs> I'm just lazy. Yeah, but you're really good with the hair part. Who cares so much? Everybody else's hair. Part. I don't even brush mine. Well, to be fair, you can't tear a tell. It always looks good. Thanks. Yeah. It's because I don't do anything to it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm going to also quote New Girl and be like, a, a white man? No. <laughs> I love New Girl, so that's acceptable. <laughs> yes. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of those on this, uh, on this grid. If I'm looking only at 2021 uh, drivers, uh, yeah, there's a lot of white men. Yeah. 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 That's fair. So, okay, but Stevie, what about you? What's your, who's your flavor? Okay, well, I think we all agreed on Carlos, yeah. except for Melissa. Melissa. I, he's not unattractive. Don't get me wrong. I just, I'm like, he's just, okay. He, thanks for not being, bra- thanks for being brown. I appreciate the brown. He's you don't a like smooth ch- operator. Yeah. You don't like chili peppers, do you? Um, when they come to my specibooks, yes. But <laughs> 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 okay. 
So I, I don't know if we can include this, but there someone, a fan gave Carlos Sainz a bucket hat it, and it looks awful and it's got red chilies on it. And he fucking loves it. He well, wears it all he, the time. Didn't they ask him to sign it? And he yes, was like, can I like, keep it? Yeah, he asked and if he, he could signed his hat and gave it to them. Yeah. So now he wears it all the time. And I don't remember where... I love the, that. Yeah, I do too. He also got the nickname Smooth Operator, which I'm not sure where it came from. It's his, like, hype song. It's like... Is that his like hype his, song? Yeah, it's his song. He has a hype song? I guess so. Because I thought he just randomly sang it on the radio. I'm not going to imitate it because I'm going to sound really awful, but it is adorable. Look it up. Carlos Sainz singing Smooth Operator over the he radio. He sings it, yeah. It's great. I'm going to do he it like anyway. He sang it over the Smooth radio. Smooth Operator. Because he really <laughs> pronounces yes. the end. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Who's your flavor? Uh, okay, well, yeah, Carlos Sainz, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Danny. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I think so too. Here's my here's my hesitation. Danny knows he's knows he's got it. That charm. Yeah, he knows it, and that's, that's dangerous. It is dangerous, <laughs> but it'd be fun. It'd be a lot would, of fun. I think he'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I so. agree. All right, so I guess we'll just dive right in. So we're starting at episode six today, A Point to Prove. We are in Berkshire, England, and Williams has been sold. This is like flashing back to 2020 PS, which I'm like, why didn't you just say this last season? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know why they just... I, I don't know why they didn't either. It was weird. I'll keep it super brief. Williams had financial troubles. Surprise, surprise. We talked about it. The smaller teams always do. They ended up having to sell. Um, Claire Williams stepped down. But to be fair, I think she kind of fully recognized this wasn't her role. Yeah. She said I mean, that... it's kind of sad just yeah. because Williams is like what it is. But mm-hmm. at the same time... But I think the fact that she was like at least recognizing like it hasn't done well under my leadership. Yeah. This is for the best. Yeah. I think that was a good choice. So it's a little sad, but it definitely she was sad about it. I felt bad for her because I I'm a big proponent. I would love to see more women in F1. So to see her have well, to step like away. Family. Like, yes. It's literally it's a family, like a family owned business. Team. Yes. All right. So Yost comes in as the CEO and team principal for Williams. Um, he is a rally racer. That's his background. The Williams current drivers are George Russell and Nicholas Latifi. George's contract is actually up at the end of the 2021 season. This poses a big problem for Williams because George is the better driver and he, they need him. (laughs) They need him to not leave and he's doing really well. And all the other teams are interested in him. I think because Williams is, I think they're somehow related like an American company of some proportion because they had a board meeting in Austin. Yeah, because they sold it to an American Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. I was like, because I couldn't quite figure out why we were in Austin because it wasn't a race. Mm -hmm. So I was, okay. So they were having a meeting um, about the, the selling of the of the team williams is at zero in the constructors cup zero points uh they're technically number nine but they're like tied with a bunch of other teams that also have zero points which Pass. but nobody really expects much from them they've been at the bottom of the seasons for the last couple of years and like we said russell's got his foot out the door we are in barcelona they point out something that i didn't actually know until this came up that the way that the grid is placed up like when you guys see all like at the start of the races where all the teams are lined up the garages are all there you see all the different team colors and stuff that is actually set by where you place in the season so the better you do the closer you are the worse you do the farther you are away and you have to walk past everybody yeah would you like to do that every couple of weeks? Like every day, just see everybody? It's awkward. I don't know. I think I would take it as like, okay, next season I want to be here. And then the following season I want to be here. Like it would be a motivation for me to like do better. But also they're just getting their steps in. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You can only do so much with a certain amount of money. This is very true. Very true. Very true. Latifi in qualifying took some damage really can't push the car anymore russell couldn't do much better so we're really at the limitations of the car at this point there's not much that you can do and you can see the stress on yost you could hear it in his voice uh it's not great race day russell predicts that yost is going to shake it up staff wise um after the last coming in last for the last four years they desperately need some points this season so during the race Yuki 
gets stopped, like stops in the middle of the race, has to pull over on the side. So a safety car comes up, George boxes for new tires, which is a bit of a gamble. Um, it's early. And then here we go with the whole complaining like tires are shot thing. Like it's just, it goes into a whole lot of tire strategy and like, oh, this is the, the, yeah, just essentially George made a bad call and just dropped down the grid like a weight, just sunk. It wasn't good. And then we get a compilation of the Monza gamble that didn't pan out. That wasn't great for them either. We fast forward to the Hungarian Grand Prix, Hungarian Grand Prix, and Weather's not great. The weather hasn't been great for the last couple of races. Now that I think about it, it was like raining all the time. I have a weird thing that I noticed about the drivers. Curious if you guys did. They're all very fucking skinny. Yeah, I mean, they have to be. Yes. They add weight to the car. I understand that. They add weight to the car. And have you seen the way that they actually sit in those cars? It's a really awkward position. It's it would be like sitting on the ground with your hands in front of you. It's awkward. Like they have to be small. So here's the reason I bring this up. Because Lewis is a shorter dude. He's a smaller guy. So he has the ability to have some more muscle tone. Because Lewis is a small guy, but Lewis doesn't look like a skinny dude. Because if you look like the rest of them and take a peek at their Instagrams and look at the ridiculous thirst traps they're trying to pose, there's nothing there. They look like a 12-year-old boy. There's well, no muscles. George. Jo- oh, with his <laughs> stripes. <laughs> his briefs did you catch that i don't remember at what point it was like where we see george like he's pulling his pants up jersey i'm pretty sure this is just a you thing don't don't i love george (laughs) i love george i think he's adorable i think he's like a giant goober i think everybody gives him so much crap i don't i don't get why everybody hates it i don't know he just seemed kind of serious and kind of like He's British, right? And he kind of just gave off like very hard British energy of like, I'm going to be prim and proper all of the time. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, do, I don't hate George. I don't hate him at all. He's just, he's silly to me. I don't have any like dislike. Okay. See, so this it's is like Lando. The, I, yes. Your baby. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, so this is my entire point because George, the accent and like the very put together outfit make him look and come off like a total fucking prick. Just arrogant as shit, like really rude and mean and nasty. I see it more as like a toddler. Like Toto Wolf's kid. <laughs> yeah, like a little British boy who's like forced to wear shorts forever until he's like nine or ten. Yeah, that's just kind of how I see George. And they're like too short on him because he grew too fast. Yeah, yeah. He's like that nerdy kid who like too tightly laced his sneakers in high school. And like he wears like the short, short, like the, his pants are always a little bit too short. And he's like perpetually wearing the polo shirt from like Target. And he loves like a roller backpack. Yeah, that's George. Y'all are so mean. <laughs> Y'all are so mean. It's a Destin boy. <laughs> Listen, I like George. Everybody gives him shit. They act like he's a dick, and I don't think he is. He's a big nerd. I don't think he's a dick. I don't think he's a dick. Everybody, I don't think he's a dick at all. Okay, that makes me feel better. Everybody just, he, I think he's a big nerd that just doesn't translate well yeah. at all. Like, let's be honest, all of these guys are like a little bit socially stunted because their entire existence has just been racing. And George is also socially stunted, but like he was, he started out behind everyone else because he is, in fact, a, just a giant nerd. I agree. I agree. I but I like George. I just think it's funny because they all kind of have that same skinny build and Hamilton started doing the whole like thirst trap bit and now they're all fucking doing it. <laughs> but then they and like you shouldn't be laughing, Miss Checo fan over here. Oh, I didn't say I was attracted to Checo. Girl, did you like see him. the the thing that he posted cuz like this is this is where I'm talking this is where I was going with it. They post like workout videos of themselves. Guys, you have the wrong PR team for letting you post this because you look ridiculous. See, I I'm sorry, but the like the the workout videos that they do on camera for the show are absurd like not like okay cool you're doing like some weird thing where like something's strapped to your head oh okay whatever or like the thing on the wall where it lights up and they have to slap it and they're all actually kind of bad at it and i'm like guys i could do a better job 
I think that they put a lot of weight on those things with the neck thing. Like that's, that's actually yes. So the neck thing, I've looked into. It's supposed to simulate like a lot of G force because yeah. I agree, it looked really fucking stupid to me the first time but I the, saw it. There's like a lot of weight on that. Yeah, thing. but then the reaction, like the reaction wall, because they I might just, be skinny, but their necks, yes. fucking huge. Yeah, I'll give them that. They've got. <laughs> Because I like Valtteri, Val, not Valtteri, Valtteri gives that like big kind of stocky look from the chest up in the interviews. But then when he zoomed back, he's like kind of fucking short. Yeah. I think I would tower over a lot of these people, especially Yuki. Yuki would come up to like <laughs> my rib cage. Okay, in the show notes, I'm going to put every driver's for 2021's height so that we can just make that judgment. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. You all will enjoy this. Okay, let's go back to the race. Weather is going on at the Hungarian Grand Prix. Lights out. Chaos absolutely erupts at the first corner. Cars out all over the place. Uh, But somehow, both Williams cars make it through. And Russell does this thing where he's like, hey, I recognize that Latifi needs the points or whatever. And just like focus on Latifi. I thought that was like a great teammate move. In my opinion, I don't think you see that very often where the drivers, and maybe we just don't see it. It happens and we just don't see it. But yeah, like him volunteering, like, hey, I know that's where the priority lies type thing. Um, either way, Russell overtakes Mick Schumacher and he's now P9, P9 and Latifi was P8. So Williams has now scored their first points in two years, which is a while. Yay, Williams. George cried. Yes, he did. <laughs> George is an emotional little baby. <laughs> hey, that's mean. I mean it in a good way. <laughs> he's in touch with his feelings. He is. He is. And he's been on this team for like a while too. So. It's been a couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that takes. Oh, sorry. Before we move on to the episode. So Claire Williams' father, Sir Frank Williams, was the founder of the team. And actually, the episode was dedicated to him because he passed away that season in 2021. R.I.P. Sir Frank Williams. Episode 7, Growing Pains. Um, We open with Buxton giving a spiel about rookie drivers and a compilation of crashes because they're fucking expensive. Rookie drivers are expensive. Yes. Enter Yuki Tsunoda. He's from Japan. He's with AlphaTauri, which is the sister team to Red Bull. And as Buxton said, all the Red Bull juniors live in Milton Keynes. And he shows there's like a quick scene of Liam Lawson, which is like an F2 or 3 driver at the time. He's F2. F2. Giving Yuki shit about his room. And to be fair, it's an absolute pigsty. Yeah. It was impressive. He thinks that living there is the most boring place in the world. Uh, He misses Japanese food. I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> There's this I think I appreciated the scene more than anybody because of Mark. There's this scene where the, he was like, "Oh, that's mushy peas." Which I is, loved that. D- yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Okay, mu- my face looked the same. Yeah. <laughs> mushy peas are a thing in the UK and to be fair, they have excellent peas. They're like not gross like they are here in canned and bleh. but in the UK they're great and they're delicious, but yeah, they don't look great. So, he didn't enjoy the mushy peas. Not, not very much. Yuki is competitive, like very much wants to know. Like when he was signing the things, he was like, well, how much did the other person get? And he was like wanting to know um, everything. No filter, I think is what Gasly said about him. Just says whatever comes into his mind. He's definitely an entertainer. He's like a fan favorite. I think a lot of people think he's fun. Yeah, I love Yuki. Yeah. Except for when I put him in my lineup. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> that, I promise, I promise that wasn't a dig. Yes, it was. Don't lie. I really didn't intend for it to be that way, but maybe now I kind of Yes, did. it was. She had Yuki in yep. her lineup today, mm-hmm. and yes, he did not finish. Yeah. On the advice of someone from last week, gee, I wonder that's why Yuki was in my lineup, but okay. Anyway, on the French GP. <laughs> We should start a podcast about our fantasy league. Yes, we should. Um, so, <laughs> Helmet Marco gives Yuki shit about his haircut, which I thought was hilarious. What was uh, wrong with it? I, I don't know. But I just thought it was funny that Helmet was like, what the fuck is wrong with your hair? I thought it looked fine. I thought so, too. Um, it's also Esteban Alcon's home race. He is friend. He has the nickname Esti Best. I guess he's like a lot of people don't like him. I didn't ever get that sense. He, to me, he's kind of 
peripheral. No, like, I don't really have opinions either way about him. He's done decent this season. Yeah, he yeah he has. Um, I I think the only thing the only thing I have to say is that he doesn't really seem like a good teammate. No, to he have doesn't because he has crashed into literally every single teammate that yeah he's ever <laughs> no been I mean, on a team no with. Like, if, legit. If I'm being honest, like I, like some of the background stuff social media wise that I follow, I don't think he really gets on with many of the other drivers on the mm-hmm. grid. Like, you know, there's like definite pockets of friends and you can yeah. tell like who's really good friends with other people. And I don't think he's very close right. for the 2021 season. Um, last episode, you'll remember us talking about Renault. Um, it's actually been rebranded to Alpine this season. Um, Lauren Rossi is now the team principal for Alpine. Let me see Alonso. <laughs> I love Alonso. I was so excited to see Fernando Alonso, also one of the old dudes on the track. That sound was me accidentally hitting my glass. It seemed to really fit. It did. Did y'all catch the comment where Esteban Ocon was like, I was nine years old watching Fernando Alonso on TV. Yes. I was like, oh shit. And you know who else is a big fan of Alonso? Hmm. Carlos Sainz. Is he? He looked up to him because they're from the same place. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Alonso likes to embrace the whole villain vibe though. Um, I love it. Yeah. He's like Batman. He is. I, like, honestly, <laughs> He's a vigilante. Because he made this comment in the in the show about, like, helping the younger drivers. But I can't tell if he's being serious or if he is trolling everybody. I think he actually does. Okay. Because he's, this season, he's helped out Stroll a lot. Okay, exactly. So. That, I put that, okay, so I made a note. Because for Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll are both on Aston Martin in the 2023 season. And it's kind of a thing that's up, been up for debate because Alonso has been helping Stroll and they have vastly different skill levels. And so people are trying to figure out if Alonso is trolling Stroll or if he's being genuine. And I can't tell sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now You got me thinking about yep. it. Now so now we'll know, see. So, so we'll, we shall see. But it was exciting to see Alonso. Um, Alpine is fighting for fifth their main rival is AlphaTauri we get a little bit of info on Yuki's radio stuff which is absolutely unhinged he's got some insane radio shit that comes over I am obsessed yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and it's funny when you're watching the races and you just see it just pop up because in Netflix you know they're handpicking things but I think they said that like Yuki learned a lot of his English from mechanics so no wonder he talks like that (laughs) yes yeah no, that would make so much sense. It really would. It really would. So at the quali for French GP, Yuki spins and crashes. I feel like this is what he says every time. Fuck. Sorry. Literally, like yeah. every time he crashes, that's exactly what comes out of his mouth. So. Well, at least he feels bad about crashing. Yes, yes. Um, and then somebody mentioned how Red Bull is like super ruthless with their young drivers. And I feel like that's true. Like, if they don't think you can hack it, they're going to cut you. They did it with Gasly last season. Or and like, Albon. Out in Albon, yes, exactly. Sunday, we're at race day, lights out. Yuki is ahead, but Esty is battling him for the spot. Yuki ends up P13, and Esty Bestie gets P14. I don't remember why Yuki was pissed, but he, like, somebody said something to him over the radio, and his response is, shut up, and I hate this car. And it just gave me very much of temper tantrum vibes. I I don't know about you guys. I feel like Yuki and I can relate whenever I'm driving in this area between (laughs) the dates of Memorial Day and Labor Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I am Yuki. Esteban was also not thrilled. Um, I wrote SD as testy on the outline, but I can't remember why. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) T shirt. SD is testy. Yeah. T shirt. (laughs) All right. Testy SD. Um, this is one of my favorite things in this season is that Yuki gets a big old bite of reality from Red Bull Racing and Alphatari. Uh, they ship his ass off, ass off to Italy. Honestly, kind of well-deserved. Not going to lie. Oh, ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, they're like, it, watching him trying to pack that sports car, like, <laughs> it, it was just like, you were so out of touch, man. You have no idea. Them Him having to go running, and his was like, I hate this. It ruins my day. <laughs> 
insane. It's like, man, what have you been doing? Like, I guess that was the part that surprised me. It's like, I would have assumed that to get where he was, he would have already been doing all of this stuff. But I guess not. Maybe he thought, oh, I made it to the big leagues. I don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. And it was just like. Or maybe he just never had to do it all before. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. This is true. Um, he also looked bored as fuck in his engineer meeting. Yeah, he. I don't know how he was staying awake in that. I understand why he's in those meetings, but like, dude just is not comprehending anything that's being told to him. It's going in one ear and out the other. So we're back at Hungary in Budapest. Rain again. Bottas went right into the back of Norris, caused a massive fucking crash. As we know, we get a red flag. Red flag happens, that means a restart. It also means... I'm sorry. I feel like that happens at every Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah, it happens a lot. But it's maybe it's the time of year that they do it. It's always on the first turn. I feel like they could definitely schedule the season better with regards to weather in in one instance. And two, just global impact. Yeah, like where they are in the world. Like yeah. stay in Yeah, why do we need to fly from one end the of the globe to the other? Back and forth. Like, why can't we just go regionally? Uh, neither here nor there. Big crash. But when red cars happen, like, it just blows it wide open. You think you know what's going to happen at the start of the race. Anybody's game at this point. Restart. Somehow, Esteban Ocon is P2 and Yuki is at P5. When they have been at the bottom of the grid pretty much most of the season. Because, what, four or five of the biggest exactly. <laughs> drivers got taken out in the first yes. half? <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know if we covered this last week. Did we talk about formation laps and standing starts? I think we talked about formation laps. I don't need an explanation because uh, I understand this from NASCAR. For those who don't know, formation lap is they drive around the trip. Like they are on the grid. They drive around one lap. They go back up to the grid. Then the lights go out and then they go. Standing start is one I am less familiar with. Do you know the standing start? That's when they come from the pit exit, right? I think the standing starts. Like, that that's like when they line up on the grid. Mm-hmm. When they actually, like, stop. Okay, so then with a the red start, like with the red flag, when they're doing the restart, it's just the standing start. They're not doing the formation lap. They just pull up and go. Hamilton stays on the either wets or intermediates. I just put wets. That's what my notes say, so if Wasn't I'm wrong. Wasn't he the only yes. one out there? Yes. Why? The, I don't know. He was the only. I forgot. Because he's a, he had bad tire strategy. Yes. Yeah. He was the only one who stayed on wets. Akon was actually the one who pitted first. This is a big mistake for Lewis. Esty Besty ends up leading the race for the first time in his entire career in F1. So it worked out in his favor, although Sebastian Vettel and Aston Martin is right up his ass. Yeah. Yuki spins out for absolutely no reason. Nobody was near him. Nobody touched him. He just spun out. Esty it was Besti, raining. Though. Yeah, I mean, it was raining. Esty gets P1. Ooh. I was surprised. I was really surprised. I was really surprised when I watched it too. I was like, yeah. Okay. That's cool. For sure. Like, (laughs) yes. And then Yuki got P6, which is great. Mm -hmm. I think Yuki has gotten better over the years. He was, this was, he was real green this Mm -hmm. season, I think. So, and that's the episode. Any standout thoughts before we move to episode eight? All right. So episode eight, Dances with Wolves. I'm going to take a wild guess and I think we're going to see Toto a lot, but I don't know. I don't mind. Yeah. This was like a Toto episode, essentially, which like I wasn't mad about. He's hilarious. Yeah, I don't mind seeing Toto Wolf. Toto is also incredibly attractive. Like if we're going to put like to put it out. Yeah. (laughs) Like Let's be very honest. We're just going to say it. Toto is a very attractive man. Is it because you actually like his face or the billion dollars in his bank account? Oh, no, no. I would be a part of the wolf pack for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He's a hottie. You guys are hilarious. Melissa's shaking her head. No. <laughs> Again, it's not like he hit the ugly, like coming down the family tree, he hit all the ugly branches by any means, but like. <laughs> He's also in great shape for He's his stoic. age. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick between, like, I'd probably go, like, Christian Horner, honestly. Yeah, he's, like, more my type, for sure, but I don't know. I just like to... I'll be, if I I like to think I would be okay with Toto Wolf. I don't think it would be. I I also think... I don't think Christian is hot, but I think he is attractive. Monaco, two weeks to the first race. We're not actually in racing season. They like to do lots of flashbacks. We're just talking about Valtteri. 
Um, he knows he wants to stay with Mercedes, but he also knows he needs to perform. There's a lot of speculation it's going to be his last season. Hamilton kind of puts out there that he thinks that Valtteri has earned his spot and deserves to stay. And we've mentioned before, they respect each other. They're good teammates. And I think Hamilton was actually asked recently who his best teammate was, and he said Valtteri. I believe it. Valtteri yeah. was a great teammate to him. He really was. He really was. But Toto does kind of put out there that it's down to Valtteri and George. So mm-hmm. it's on the line. So now we jump over to Grove, England in March of 21. George in more panties. There's a <laughs> there's a picture. I didn't even notice these Yes. <laughs> it was a picture of panties with his face all over it. And he made a comment about, like, this was where, like, rated R version of George came out. Because he made a comment about how he was like, oh, I wish I could see a picture of her in these panties. Like, the ones with his face all over it. Yeah, but he meant like his girlfriend. Yes, I know he did. I'm just saying. I'm like throwing it out there. And then he made a comment about the Fifty Shades of Grey with the gym equipment. So he reads his own spicy novels. It is not a big deal. I just, it was a little surprising that that was something that George Russell was going to put out there on Netflix. That's all. He is a gentleman in the streets and a freak in the sheets, hon. Like, let's just own it. I guess so. I mean, I guess so. He has to be in control in more places than one. Or maybe it's the opposite. He doesn't want to be in control off the track. Okay, now we're going way too far off the tracks. I'm going to rank it back in. George has the spotlight on him because back in the previous season, Lewis got COVID and George subbed him for him at Secure for at P2. He took the lead. And he got a tire puncture, which was just like so crushing to watch. He was so excited and I felt like he was going to do good. And it was just sad. And then at the end, he also said he was like, you know, I hope we get to do this again. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, he desperately wants this seat. He wants to race for a good team. I think he's earned it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're back in London. We see a scene with Russell and his girlfriend. This is kind of like George looks very super upper class upper class British to me. He also ate sushi with a knife and fork. Did anybody else see that? Upper class British. So that makes sense. Yeah, it seems very British. It seems like he's just not capable of using chopsticks. So like, I'm not going to judge him for being bad at chopsticks. I just, it's not something you see with sushi. So I was just, okay. Um, So then we go to Imola. That is a second, like a second Grand Prix in Italy. I don't want to say a second Italian Grand Prix because it's technically it has the the longest name to ever exist. Yes, it does. I'm not going to say the whole thing, and I'll that's not even it. Yeah, (laughs) I listen. I was going what was off Netflix. So no, I know that is it, but that's not the entire name. Oh, it it is. Oh Lord, no. See, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I have Imola. Imola. That's where we're going. There was a funny exchange between Gunter and Crofty as they were like coming in, and he was like, "Are you still employed here?" Yeah, man. (laughs) They were just like, you know, trading jabs back and forth to each other. I'm going to skip a bunch because like at this point, we know so much. We're going way more into the details. We're at race day. Bottas starts at P8. George Russell is at P12. Valtteri has a slow start. Um, George Russell has a good start, ends up in 10th, and he's up Valtteri's ass in a Williams, which didn't have a great car that season. So I thought that was kind of impressive. George tries to pass and ends up causing a major crash. And George gets out of the car pretty fucking pissed. Yeah. 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 I think this was probably my favorite part in the entire season. You go right ahead. You tell us what happened. And I honestly missed it. You did? I missed it when I watched it the first time, like, because I rewatched it for this, obviously. Right. And I like I didn't see it when I watched the race. Russell gets out of the car and Valtteri thinks he's asking him if he's okay. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And like smacks him on the helmet. <laughs> bitch slaps his helmet. Yeah. And then Valtteri says uh, the C word. He calls him the C word yeah. and uh, flips in the bird. Yeah. But I might not be so nice as somebody if they just crashed into me and then came and bitch slapped me. Yeah, so, no. I just, that was so funny to me. Just like, whack. <laughs> I have seen worse, honestly, like at NASCAR races, people like taking their gloves off and throwing them or like they'll get out of their cars still like with their helmets on and trying to like fight each other. And I'm like, what are you two doing? 
I love that. It's like hockey. Heck yeah. There's been a few instances, like I've seen clips of Mick Schumacher gunning towards some, like another team's garage. I don't remember who it was, but he was real angry. And then um, I've seen a few clips where people are screaming at each other. I'm going to say it was like Nikki Lauda and Mick Schumacher is a clip I saw. Nikki Lauda and James Hunt did that. Was that what it was? I think. And then um, K-Mag had a bit of an exchange with someone. Hulkenberg. That's right. They had a real funny exchange. I don't remember what happened. That was this season? No. No, no, no. They... A few seasons before, I don't think they were on the same team, but they had like an interaction. Nico Hulkenberg was on Rental. Okay. I think. Do you know what I'm about to say? My team name or the like league name. Is that where you got that? Yes. (laughs) I don't remember the circumstances, but I'm going to fill everybody in. Essentially, (laughs) Kevin Magnuson and Nico Hulkenberg, who is not in this season that we're talking about right now, but is currently driving. They had a tussle and I don't remember who said the initial jab. But I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Magnuson who, while was being interviewed, okay, this is being recorded, and he turns and goes, suck my balls, to Nico Harkenberg <laughs> on the camera. So I just thought it was hilarious. But this kind of shit is funny to me because they always just have, like, like great one-liners that come out, and you're like, oh, my God. So I wasn't expecting to see Russell get out and smack the car either. So, like, whenever they do that shit, it's hilarious yeah. to me. I'm honestly surprised that we didn't see it more from Max and Lewis this season. They kept their composure very well. I like, agree. They didn't talk to each other. No, when, but I the, feel like some things happened. They're private. Like they tend to go behind doors and get pissed at people. Mm-hmm. I think. So I don't know. I think Lewis just likes to save face, and Max is just yes. too awkward to really deal with it. That is one hundred percent it. Nail on the head, in my opinion. So. This wasn't a great look for George, who is trying to get Mercedes to, you know, sign him. So let's crash out the guy that they're trying to get rid of. Take him out. Yeah. (laughs) We flash back to Monte Carlo and Valtteri. He's still worried. Not great. Jump to Silverstone. It's clear that the UK wants George Russell in that Mercedes seat. They would make it. Yes. And all UK team. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. They're like... Hamilton is already the UK golden boy. So to have a second British driver would be phenomenal. Mark loves it. I mean, he's a diehard Hamilton fan, but he loves having George Russell there as well. But there were like rumors everywhere that it was going to get announced that Russell was going to come to the team. And then Mercedes kind of like puts an end to that shit, puts it out like, no, 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 this didn't happen. What did you guys think? I think that they just weren't ready to announce it yet. Like, it was just hearsay, and they wanted to do it on their own. So they were like, "Mm, no. I just thought that it was, like, somebody maybe leaked the information, and so it got pushed. And they were like, I think it was more out of, like, respect for Bottas that they, like, wanted to have the conversation with him first before announcing it to the public. I think that that, like, I think what happened is kind of fucked up on everyone's side. Like, it was kind of messed up that... The, they did that to Mercedes. It was really messed up for Bottas, who I really like. And yeah, and I think it was, it just put George in an awkward position. It did. But to me, the look on George's face told me they they were going to announce it and something happened and they like, I guess it got leaked or whatever. Something occurred that they were like, nope, we're not announcing it today. But like, to me, George's face was like, oh yeah, they were supposed to fucking announce yeah, it. Yeah, he looked pretty pissed. Yeah. And he was way too confident walking in, like, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, we see Valtteri and his wife, Tiffany. They're now married in the show. Their boyfriend and girlfriend, they're just a couple. They have now immigrated to Australia. And Valtteri has just, like, fully embraced becoming an Australian. It's cute. He really has. (laughs) Yeah. You guys will enjoy that when we get there. I love him even more. Agreed. <laughs> um, Toto and Susie are on the way to the car, uh, and he gets a call basically telling him the only way for them to win the Constructors' Cup and the Drivers' Championship is that now Bottas is under strict team orders, which means Hamilton gets preferential treatment. Valtteri just does what he's told. They know he's going to be upset. I don't know why anyone wouldn't be upset. It sucks, but it's kind of part of it. Race day comes around. Max's pole. 
Hamilton's P2, Bottas is P3, George Russell is P12. Lights out. Max and Hamilton like immediately get into a scuffle and Hamilton gets a 10 second penalty for causing the crash. Now Valtteri is P1. Lewis has the fastest time though and he's behind Valtteri so Toto makes that call and Lewis gets to go ahead of Valtteri which kind of sucks. Um, they do kind of make it seem like Valtteri's deciding if he's going to do, like, comply team. I think that was just the edit. Yeah, that was 100% the edit. Al- Bottas is, like, a through-and-through Mercedes. Like, he's a team driver, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he didn't. He went ahead and did the team orders, let him through. Because to him, it's important that the team does well. Obviously, George was sad, didn't look great. Valtteri, also disappointed, but... I thought it was really gracious of Hamilton to acknowledge his teammate. And I thought that that was something he did really well over the years. He always yeah. mentioned that he had a good teammate and, and Valtteri, or excuse me, Mercedes has kind of put it out there that they'll have a decision about their seat by the end of next summer or by the end of the summer break, not next summer. They mentioned how it's got to be really hard to be Hamilton's teammate because he's overall like the perfect Mercedes driver. Mm -hmm. And Valtteri fits a lot of those things, but he's getting older and eventually like Hamilton's going to retire too. Right. So they got to have somebody coming in like younger behind him. So, but at this point it's still up in the air. We get to Spa, the first race after the summer break, summer break, and Toto still hasn't made a decision. I don't know who pairs the driver for the interviews. Do you know? Do you have any idea? No. Okay. Whoever pairs the drivers for the interviews that they do before the races and stuff, they absolutely knew what they were doing because they intentionally put George and Valtteri in that interview together. Are you talking about like the pre-race shows? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. It's awkward as shit. I mean, you could like you could cut the tension with a knife. I'd assume that it's just yes. the person interviewing. So FIA probably dis- make, dictates who goes into press together. And they're there to make a good show. So of course they're going to put the two drivers that have been pitted against each other all season into the same interview. Yeah. It was awkward. And it was great. And it made for good TV, though, because yeah. it is. It's like you do. You want to tune in. You want to see the awkward shit. Qualifying comes around on Saturday. It's absolutely pissing it down. Everybody does shit. Latifi crashes. Lando crashes. Toto made a comment about the spray. And I, you can attest to this, Stevie. At, Melissa, I don't know if you've I don't know when, like, your experience with racing. But, like, F1 will have cameras of, like, the driver cameras. You can see what they see in the car. And you can see what they see in their helmet. In their helmet. Yeah. Now they have helmet cams. Like they had car cams. Now they have helmet cams. When you're behind somebody and the spray coming off, like it's white. You can't see anything. You can't see a thing. Can you, like, I can't imagine driving almost 200 miles an hour in the rain on a wet track. And all I can see is white, except for the occasional flashing red light in front of me and the brake lights in front of the car in front of me. Absolutely. Oh, no fun. So if you're ever interested, look it up. It's scary. That wraps up the race. I think we've talked, like, I don't even remember who wins at this point, but we've said it a few times now, so I don't care. Toto pulls George aside and basically tells him, like, hey, you're on the team. He looked like a stuffed cat being told that. His just little smirk on his face. You didn't see that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I saw it. He was like, I knew it. Yeah, it was very much like, I couldn't tell if they were, like, recreating the scene or if, like, they caught it. I don't know. Probably. There's no way he, like, pulls him aside at the fucking race and tells him. Like, that's not how that go- went down. Like, there was, like, contract negotiation and signings and shit like that. Like, that was for Netflix. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was funny because I was just like, I could see the smirk on his face. But but that means Valtteri doesn't have a seat for next year. Now we're into episode nine. Gloves are off. We get the whole, like the different perspectives on the whole Red Bull, Mercedes, Max Hamilton kind of back and forth rivalry bit. They all have their opinions, but I mean, they're essentially all talking for themselves. Yeah, and they're pretty equally matched, it seemed, through this season. Like, it was really bouncing back and forth. Like, every time they would show the points, like, all the time, just back and forth, back and forth. It was a it was a fight. But it was a fight all season. And I feel like that was, that was why this was such a good Drive to Survive season. I'm sure it made, like, an actual good racing season. I didn't watch it myself, but I love the Drive to Survive season. We open with the Monza crash. This is between Lewis and Max. Um, this is where... 
Max's tire comes up over the back and hits the top of the car and kind of hits the top of the halo. And that's that little ring that kind of sits above the driver's head. And thank God that it was there. Yeah. Yeah. And Total Wolf even says, he's like, oh, well, I was, you know, advocating against this, like, a couple years prior to that. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm really glad I didn't now because that probably would have killed Lewis. And I think we've seen that a couple times over the last couple of drive to survive seasons but even the last couple of years there have been some nasty crashes where mm-hmm. like i'm definitely Joe got- you at the hungarian grand prix exactly same thing happened where five cars got taken out but he like yeah that was crazy yeah it's <laughs> not max they're always arguing about whose fault it is ultimately the fia says it was max's fault and he gets a three place grid penalty so that means essentially if he let's say he plays first now he's fourth because he has three place penalty Toto implies that Max did it intentionally. I don't think that anybody would do that, but whatever. Because it put Max out too. Yeah. It's like he drove up on his car. It's not like he could just be like like Lewis at Silverstone when he crashed into Max. And I'm pretty sure he won that race. It, but it's like, why? But also, why take the chance of like destroying a very expensive car and also killing yourself and or others around you that just seems like a really stupid choice to me i just don't buy it no. so we kind of go back to the halo thing that we were just talking about we see like hamilton's car and you guys can take a look online at uh, livery bodies if what you would call it after crashes like it's pretty insane mm-hmm. that like what's left over it's nuts so take a look if it interests you so we're at sochi hamilton wins max got p2 Istanbul, double podium for Red Bull. Max pulls ahead of Lewis in the championship at this point. So really, we're just kind of going back and forth. They're winning back and forth, and it's just like upping each other. And it's really neck and neck at this point. Austin, Max P1, Lewis P2. Mexico, P1. Red Bull and Merck are neck and neck for the constructors as well. Um, Brazil, Hamilton gets P1. Toto's faces in that race were like particularly funny. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else saw it. He just, he's so animated. He just has great faces no matter what anyways. Definitely. Um, So now we're at Qatar, which is the next to last race. Um, And these next two races, Qatar and Saudi, are the first of the Middle Eastern races. Like they haven't done these before. So it's new to everybody. Mm -hmm. Nobody's got an advantage. Everybody's kind of starting on the same foot. Also, this is where the, like, the Danny, like, Ricardo, he does this thing where he's like, Gasly! Yes! Gasly! There we go. She did a way better. This is kind of where it came from because you can hear it very briefly in the background. So, um, yeah. So, the current constructor standing is as such. Mercedes leads, follows by Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and then Haas. Friday practice, Q, Toto, Horner, drama. Just ridiculousness. It's like that whole press conference between uh, Bottas and what's-his-face again. George. Yes. Just awkward. And somebody asks Christian, like, about their relationship. And I thought Christian had a really snarky answer. He did. Yeah, because they don't actually like each other. They have to tolerate each other. They are the epitome of rivals. Yeah, yeah. Toto looked a little offended to me by that. I think Toto must have thought, like, yeah, we don't really like each other all that much. But, but like, seemed... he thought that there was maybe, like, a respect there. Yeah, some kind of, like, mutual respect, but I guess not. Um, he did look a little, like, taken back by that. Yeah. Horner protests Mercedes' car. This isn't unusual. They're just bringing it up because, like, this is feeds into the Red Bull Mercedes. Well, it's just like when Toto and Lewis were eyeballing Max's car. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's comments made about how Max and Lewis handled pressure differently. Of course they do. Like Lewis has been in the, the limelight a lot longer. And I would agree it's probably a little bit more intrusive for him at the moment. I don't know if it'll be that way forever, but go into Saturday qualifying. Gasly teared up his car, didn't do a great job, causes the double yellow flag. And here's kind of where some controversy comes in. Max finishes his flying lap. You're not supposed to do that under a double yellow flag. You get a double yellow flag, you're supposed to slow down and be ready to stop. Yeah, so in season three, Hamilton did exactly the same thing. And yeah, this is a dangerous thing to do. You should not do it. Uh, So I was expecting 
uh, a pretty similar, I think he got like a 10 second penalty. Uh, I feel like this was like a way bigger penalty that Max ends up getting. He gets a five position penalty. And that I feel like is way more significant than a 10 second penalty. And I'm like, why is this being administrated like so dramatically differently when it's like literally the same action? And Jill put the note in here that the FIA sucks. They really were off their fucking rockers for this season this because was- they like they just it was like wild card. Yeah, let's let's throw the dice and see what sticks like just it was chaos. Yeah, well, let's try this to, yeah. you know. It was like, it, it was no even distribution of rule placement or like enforcement. Like, it, and it kind of, it, but it's like always like that with the FIA. Because then earlier this season, there was like a big hullabaloo about where the fucking car sat within the white lines on the yeah. starting grid. Like, it's so dumb. Like, they, sometimes they're just like, oh, here, you have a penalty because of this. Yeah. Or, like, track limits. They're just, or, like, handing out track limits yeah, all the time. Tra- everybody gets, like, track limits, except for people who don't matter. They can bust track limits all day, and if nobody cares, they're not up in the top ten. <laughs> sometimes they don't enforce it. The FIA is all over the place. They do whatever the fuck they want to do. They sometimes they the enforce place. it. Sometimes they don't. It's annoying. They're, like, chaotic neutral. Yes. <laughs> yes. Didn't you say that, Melissa? They are very conscious of the fact, and this will come in like way more at episode 10. They're very conscious of the fact that they are putting on a show for billions of people. And they are a lot of times going to make a decision that puts on the better show. Definitely. That has definitely come into play several times over the last few years. An absolute heyday with this season. Oh, yeah, they did. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they did. All right. So Christian is looking for any info from the FIA director because they technically haven't handed out the decision yet. And it was really funny because he was just so good at like schluffing Hoarder off. He just like wouldn't give any details. Um, But eventually Max gets the five place grid penalty. Bottas is still even in the race. He's like made it clear. He's like, I'm still in this fight, even though I'm not racing for Mercedes next year. I still care. I still want the team to do good. Lights out. Valtteri doesn't have a great start. Um, DRS gets enabled. Max just fucking blows by Gasly and just continues to climb the grid quickly. I don't remember where he started and they didn't say it in the series, but he just, you could see him just passing car after car. Bottas somehow ends up in the gravel. I don't think they really explained how that happened in the show, but that kind of really wasn't great for Mercedes hopes for a Constructors Cup championship. It's not totally out, but like it didn't help the situation. Um, Now Bottas is out of the race, but Lewis gets P1 and Max gets P2. But Bottas looks like absolute shit after the race, real sad. And then he and Toto have this like kind of they have lunch. They have lunch. Yeah, didn't Bata's ask him for his most expensive wine? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get him. <laughs> it was like a like a wrap-up conversation, because like you said, he's been at Mercedes for a long time. Like, it's kind of a family as well, and I think there is mutual respect there, but I think they all kind of agree, like, it's just time for him to move on. Yeah. Then we go to Saudi which is the final race. This is supposed to be the fastest street circuit. A reminder, street circuits are, there's no sides, like there's just the wall. Here we are. This is where the standings are so far. Mercedes is in the lead for the Constructors Cup called followed by Red Bull, Ferrari, Alpine, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and then Haas. And then the current standings for the drivers are Max, Lewis, Valtteri, Checo, Lando, Charles, Carlos, Daniel, Pierre, and Fernando. It could, the championship could be decided this weekend, depending on how the dice roll could, might be going into the last one. Which well, is crazy. That, like, never. Happens. I know. It's great. I love it when it comes down to that Me way. Too. Like, I like the battle. I don't like it when it's a blowout. That sucks. It's not fun. Quali on Saturday. Signs spins. Bottas does well. Max is sick. So everyone's kind of like, ooh, can he pull it out? Ultimately, Lewis pulls it out and gets P1. Max gets P3. And then we get to Sunday night, which is lights out. And we are at the last race of the season. This was kind of a nuts last race. So we're going to... the last race? Well, yes, because... No, the last race is pretty much only in episode 10. Abu Dhabi is the last race. I'm, go- I'm getting myself mixed up. 
Remember, because Jay had that You're right. The- but this race was really intense. There was a lot of wrecking, a lot, a lot of cars that had to like not finish. And everybody's kind of, I wrote it that everyone's fighting a little dirty. Like it's intense. Like everybody's trying to get every point that they can. Everybody's trying their best. There were safety cars, there were restarts, there were red cars. Like, it was nuts. It was like craft after cra- crash after crash, lots of back and forth, teammates fighting each other on multiple teams. Mm-hmm. Ferrari were going after each other. It was crazy. Like McLaren was as well. Yes, yes. It was a nuts race. It Like, at least that's the way... Netflix portrayed it. More cars touching, spinning out, all the things. Uh, Eventually, Hamilton gets P1, Ocon P2, Bottas P3. Bottas helps secure the Constructors' Cup by finishing third. Yay, Valtteri. And then at the end, Max and Lewis are tied at the end of the race. Drivers' Championship is determined for the last race of the season. Sorry about Oh, yeah. Which is... Episode 10, Hard Racing, Abu Dhabi. Stevie and I kind of made an executive decision. And I added, like, we're just going to talk about the end of the race. Just between Max and Lewis. Because really, that's all that matters at this point. (laughs) We are at a point where it's basically a toss-up. And to be clear, guys, like, most F1 seasons are not like this. No. It's not ever this this close. this season is, we already know. Like, it's a blowout little boy. We're super excited. This is great. Hamilton initially starts off in the lead. Then Max takes over. Hamilton regains. Like it's a lot of back and forth. Some nonsense goes on. Hamilton regains, has to give up, regains a position or gains a position from the outside. Can't do that. So he has to give it up to Max. Lots of back and forth. And I feel like Horner was right. Horner went to the FIA and was like, look, man, it's clear. Like, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and you're not doing it. And the FIA is like, well, just deal with it. Michael Massey in that race was just utter chaos. Do you think he was on mushrooms? Like, <laughs> I just, he just did whatever the fuck he could have jumped been in. Or he was just like choosing it like cards against humanity. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is my response. Anarchy. It's like, what will cause destruction next? Stevie mentioned that this is where Checo earns the, his nickname, which I will let Stevie explain. I'm pretty sure it's in this race because he held Lewis off for a long time. I don't remember exactly how many laps it was, but he did a really good job. He had a great battle with him. Yeah. He was in first and then Lewis was in first and he took it back and like they went back and forth. And I think this is where he got his nickname, the Mexican Minister of Defense, which is is my league name. I couldn't do all of that because there weren't enough characters. So I just called it Minister Checo. Yeah. And I have like, because like at one point, Lewis makes a comment over the radio and he says he's got so much rear end. And so I have this like meme of Checo with like, I don't know, like Shakira or J-Lo's booty and yeah, looking behind. That's great. (laughs) It's just like, I also loved how Toto went to FIA and they're like, he's racing too hard. And they're like, shut up, Toto. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, this is a little dangerous. And he goes, they're racing. They're racing. Like, yeah. (laughs) And they were like, it wasn't. Chuck wasn't being dangerous at all. No. Like he was defending. Yeah. And he did a great job. I agree. I think he did a great job as well. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Lewis takes up. the lead yep. from Checo. Doing his thing. <laughs> but Max is coming up right behind him. And then Checo gets team orders, just like Valtteri, and has to let Checo through. And I thought it was funny because Max makes a comment about how, and I quote, Checo is a legend. I was actually like really shocked to see that. Same. I don't know that I heard that when the actual race happened. I yeah. might have missed it or something, but like that was cool. We'll visit that next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Max sets his sights on Lewis and is absolutely gunning for him. Latifi tries to overtake Mick Schumacher, ultimately causes a safety car, which kind of here's where the crazy ensues and starts beginning. Normally, when a safety car happens, lapped cars are allowed to overtake the safety and then go back to the end of the line, which would put the actual race leaders at the front of the race. They didn't do that. They weren't going to do that. Well, they weren't going to do that because Max Pitt, he went to box. Yes. Okay. So Max Pitt, but they still didn't really totally follow through on that because what they did was allow the cars in between Lewis and Max to unlap but nobody else. Just those five cars, which doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah. All like, the drivers were like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> no, it means zero sense to anyone. It's bullshit. And it's like, it, it makes this race extremely controversial. It still gets talked about. It still about gets talked about. Like, yeah. Drivers today will make jokes about how they'll be like, oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton, eight time world, whatever. That's not an intentional. That is 100% a dig. Like they're totally making a point that. Except for that one time when Lando actually. I think that was an actual accident because you could see his face. Because he like sat there in silence for like a solid 15 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, this Safety car just totally changed the game, messed it all up. So Max has this like weird, bizarre advantage that is technically unfair to Lewis. And then Toto kind of like has this really memorable, desperate line like, Michael, that is so unfair. That is so unfair. (laughs) Michael, that is so not right. I mean, like, I think they should have just let all of the cars take their laps back. And then like, it wouldn't be controversial. And it wouldn't like... Because it wasn't fair to people down the grid. Yes, exactly. Because there were other people having battles. But I mean, now they have to deal with traffic that was allowed to get past in the between the first and the second driver. But like, And so with the timing of the safety car and all of that mess, this all gets decided. The championships comes down to the last 3.2 miles of this race. Okay. (laughs) Like the last lap or two, essentially. I felt like Netflix did a great job of like hyping it up. You could feel the energy. Everybody was so excited. I was excited. I hope you were excited, Melissa. The team garages were excited. Everyone was great. Christian's reaction's great. Max takes the lead. Red Bull absolutely loses their shit in the garage. (laughs) Stevie made a joke while we were like reviewing this with like the last little bit. And I'll I'll let you. uh... It was like, as soon as Max passed Lewis, it was like that uh, scene on Cars when when Lightning McQueen starts falling behind after, who is it, Lightning Storm, I think. Yeah, something like Storm that, yeah. passed him or whatever. And they go, McQueen is fighting. He's fighting fast. I feel like that's <laughs> what happened with Lewis after that happened. Yeah, yes. Like he was just done for it right then. Because you can see it on Toto's face. He's just in absolute disbelief at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Max pulls it out, wins Abu Dhabi. P.S. He's or P- P.S. P1. P1. And he's absolutely screaming, fucking yes. Which I guess is P.S. You yeah, know, P.S. You're not saying there we go. On pole. P.S. <laughs> he's screaming. Christian is screaming into the radio, like, fucking yes, you were the world champion. Horner's crying. Yep. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Max giggled. And then while we were, like I said, kind of rewatching this last <laughs> little bit, Jay kind of piped up and called it Sabu Dhabi. Sabu Dhabi. Sabu Dhabi. <laughs> it was perfect. It's not over just yet because Toto goes to the FIA. Um, and then this is where the response came in. Toto is called a motor race. We went car racing. Now, again, super controversial decision. Definitely left a mark on Lewis and Mercedes. They shake hands. Max yes. had this little bit with his dad where they were like kind of just like sitting there and his dad was like patting him on the shoulder and shit. And he was like, I just wanted to win this with my dad. It was like super important to him. Yeah. That was a special moment between them. Yep. And then uh, we end the season with a comment about how everyone has a target on their backs, but I'm pretty sure Red Bull has the biggest target. Yeah. Well, because whoever was interviewing Toto, he was just sitting there. Yeah. And he was, they asked him, they were like, well, Red Bull have a target on their backs next year. And just very, again, just very stoic. He was like, everyone will have a target on their back next year. And he's, then it ends. He's like, great at the it. one-liners. Just great. As a racing fan, what an exciting way to finish the season, especially after like the craziness of 2020 and it not even being a full season. And then to come back and have such an exciting season, like, wow. Wow. They probably won a lot of good fans, like long-term fans out of the 2021 season. You got one right here. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I know I didn't watch the season live, but this episode and the excitement, like absolutely. This season, not episode, this season like hooked me into Formula One for sure. It played out like a movie, like a movie script. Like this is how like a a movie would end. The FIA sure thought so. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know... FIA had some plans and I think I think it was definitely intentional to just create good TV. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. So I can't wait for you guys to watch season five. I mean, I know you know what happens, Stevie. I mean, I know what happens, but I actually haven't seen all of that season. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to get to season five and feel like I'm like a little bit caught up on F1. Yeah. Yeah. But come February or March, you'll have another season. That's exactly I know we have to get them all in and done before the new season pops up. That way everybody can join us watching live. I know we'll have to add whatever the Brad Pitt, Jerry Bruckheimer F1 movie is that they're filming right now. Hell yes. Yes. I forgot about that. Well, I can't wait to see what the rest of the 23 seasons uh, has to bring, but um, (laughs) I know, I know. Final thoughts? Final thoughts on season four of Drive to Survive. Season four, listen, I'm a big, again, favorite. Huge fan. This is my favorite Drive to Survive. Like, this is what got me into it. So I feel like this is a great season for people to watch. So what it about was, you? Yeah, it oh. was just great because, like, it like they did a really good job. Like, Netflix did creating all of this. Yeah. But also, like, it helps that it was a good just racing season. season. Like, yeah. the driving was just phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it did a really good job of like giving us more information about like, I felt like we were a learned a lot more about points this season because they actually talked about it like at all. But I feel like you learned a lot more about like the dynamics between the teams and like the friendly and sometimes not so friendly rivalries. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to be fair, just like as a qualifier, like Netflix dramatizes a lot and some people who are portrayed to be enemies aren't enemies and yeah. then vice versa so there's a lot more that happens on instagram and the news and shit so it's like listen it's just as drama filled as the real housewives or anything oh, you yeah, can find on sure. bravo but like men just don't want to admit it it's just it's full it's just as good y'all just as yeah good. yeah it's just people driving cars really really fast professionally instead of getting their nails done and existing professionally. <laughs> I can't wait until next season and uh, season five. Here we come. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so Thea, thank you everyone for listening with us today. We've had a really good time going through all of this. It is a good season. And thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah, this was really fun. I'm really glad you, that you came and I, I hope you enjoyed it because I thought it was a great episode. It was a yeah. good time. I hope I had good things to contribute. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, you brought like the most actual F1 knowledge because I love Jill, but she doesn't actually know anything. Listen, okay. She asked me a lot of questions. There's I know, a reason I help listen, her with the line. I know things. <laughs> I just don't know all the things. All right. I'm still learning. I've only been in to F1 for like a year. So to I'm, be fair, I'm still learning too, because there is like, there is a lot to the It's sport. so much. Like, like you, I don't understand everything. You get the basics and then you kind of like then you start to understand like how many layers are involved in it. I sound like fucking Shrek right now. Layers. <laughs> like an onion. Yeah. Or an onion. That's what I meant. But anyway. Like yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, if you uh, want to catch our next episodes, make sure you are following us over on Instagram. You can also DM us there if you have any suggestions or you can shoot us an email over at Jill and Mal geek out at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion of what you think we should geek out about next so again my name is melissa i'm jill and i'm stevie and thanks for geeking out with us today bye guys bye